Seconds to go, 24-23 Saints, Vikings at their own 39, it's third down. Three receivers right, feel, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God. oh my God! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Monday, January 15th podcast. The whole gang is here, and of course, Derek is back. You were just in Las Vegas, you Vikings fan, you. How great was it out in Vegas winning money and watching your team win a miracle game? Uh, it's hard to put in words. Um, I know we've talked about it, obviously, off the air here. I, I'm still in shock. I mean, as a Vikings fan, eh, you that is the play that always goes against you. Nothing like that ever happens for you the right way. I mean, it's it's amazing that, uh, and again, it's just, how does that happen? How does New Orleans let that happen? How does that even work? How does he, you know, how do, it's just, it's it's crazy. And honest God, I, yeah, it was one of the best weekends of my life. So much fun. I mean, I was only out there. Boy, I was barely there 24 hours, and uh, just amazing. We, we crushed money on Saturday with the Patriots and a bunch of uh, propositions we did in that game. Uh, just everything worked out. So yesterday, I didn't even have a ton of money on the Vikes. Uh, lost a little bit on the Steelers, but uh, it was just it was one of those days where you just I just got to sit back and I mean it's for, you know at halftime you're up 17 nothing we're like rolling we're you know the, the casino's quiet because just it's it's like how the hell can New Orleans even come close to mounting a comeback the way the way you know the game was going then all, all of a sudden yeah Thomas knocks uh, knocks Sandejo out and our punter for the first time all year puts one on a touchback and all of a sudden you just get that little tickle in the back of your throat as a Vikings fan going oh boy. Here we go, yeah. and then and then to fall behind and and you know to go ahead and fall behind again, uh, you know you're sitting there ten seconds. We were close to missing our flight. We're like, do we we need to get the hell out of here, you know? And then we're like, we can't leave because it just it just felt like you didn't know. It just felt, of course, you didn't know that was going to happen. But you're just sitting there thinking, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm still in shock. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. I think we're all in shock because it should never have ended that way. But the bottom line was, it was a fantastic game. I mean, both quarterbacks came through, led their teams down for the go-ahead kick. The kickers came through. Tom and I were talking about this again. The biggest improvement in football since they moved that stupid extra point back are the way the kickers just are making 50-yarders with ease. And uh, give everyone credit. I mean, it was a fantastic game at the ending. Tom, we have no idea what that safety was doing, but what the hell was he doing? What was the Saints doing on that last play? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was thinking of, I, I said this on Twitter today, I was thinking about the biggest mental breakdown at to end a playoff game that I'd ever seen. Before that, before yesterday, it would have been Darren Sharper breaking coverage against Terrell Owens in the 98 playoffs in San Francisco when the Packers had the exact correct scheme drawn up to stop the play in question and sharper for reasons nobody in the Packer locker room could explain after the game decided to, to try to freelance something and that led to Owen scoring the touchdown I mean you see guys get beat you know that happens but to see something just a guy go completely brain dead with the game on the line before yesterday I hadn't seen it since sharper's play in San Francisco but yeah it's just I tell you what, man, every Minnesota Viking fan, they better be buying Marcus Williams jerseys today because that, that should not have happened. It, he should have been tackled in bounds. It never should have happened. It's, I, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I know, hey, congratulations to the Vikings. You know, they get a chance next week to do something nobody's ever done, playing a Super Bowl in their own field. But, man, for Drew Brees, I mean, come on, man. This is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, possibly leading one of the greatest playoff rallies of all time and he gets fucked because marcus williams has his head up his ass at the, at the worst possible moment i feel bad for drew Brees. i don't but feel bad just, for drew Brees one bit yeah i feel move on that man get out you move on he's like 50 years old he ain't gonna have many more shots at this i believe he's 39 today, yep. today is his birthday, happy birthday so. drew <laughs> yeah the bottom line is this just shows you viking, you. viking fans are such it, win. it just shows you how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. I mean, seriously, that's uh, people can say, oh, Rodgers has only won one. Oh, Breeze has only won one. Roethlisberger, come on, he should be winning more. This just shows you how hard it is. And, in fact, we've got four quarterbacks, well, three quarterbacks and Brady, who are not leading their teams. Their defenses are very good. I mean, Tom, it's not. you still need a good quarterback to, to win. I mean, we could have had four great quarterbacks in the semifinals here, uh, but it just didn't turn out that way. Yeah, we were probably a half dozen plays or play calls away from Ryan versus Breeze and Roethlisberger versus Brady. That's how close we almost were to seeing four elite quarterbacks going head-to-head -head next weekend, but that's the crazy game. You make a stupid call. You don't quarterback sneak when it's fourth and a half an inch. Twice, you know, you throw a fucking shovel pass to an eighth-string running back that you just pulled in off the stands. I mean, when you're down by the nine, stupid shit like that, or you got your head up your ass when Stephon Diggs is trying to make a catch. I mean, it's that close. All right, let's talk about our postseason contest because it's wild right now. In fact, the guy who's leading our NFFC postseason contest, he's got one team. And there's four teams within a point of this guy. So, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's wide open. Now we start going three times for your players that you have on your roster since the beginning, and then four times next week. And let's look at the quarterbacks. Brady's owned by 71% of teams right now. Breeze was owned by 42%, and Case Keenum by 37%. Let's look at Blake Bortles, 4.56%. I wouldn't put him on my team either. He wouldn't have been one of my quarterbacks, but I guess if you had multiple entries, Derek, you took a gamble on a couple teams with him, I guess, or one of your teams with him, and now you got a chance to cash in, or do you? 
it's still wide open just because of what happened. I mean, there's plenty of people that had Roethlisberger from the get-go, so they have a monster yeah. second game, but now they're they're having to replace a guy, right? So they're, they're one times at a quarterback spot next week. Uh, just the way a lot of the scores fell. There's, it's, it's, I, again, we said this from the beginning. I think it's still wide open. I, I actually haven't had time uh, since I got back, uh, kind of slept in a little bit today, but I haven't had time to look at look at the actual rosters of the leaders at this point. I mean, uh, my guessing is, is, you know, of course there's guys on a lot of teams, but there's going to be a lot of stuff that's spread out. I mean, uh, it's just, it's still wide open. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, now it starts getting tighter, right? You only have a few more options at quarterback if you have to replace. Uh, we'll see. It's interesting. Yeah, definitely. In fact, the top guy, he had, he had Mariota as his quarterback, and I believe he had Breeze as his quarterback, so he's got a tough road to hoe right now. So we'll see what happens. Again, Nick Foles is owned by 4.63%. So if it's a Foles-Bortles uh, final here at Super Bowl, it's going to be interesting on the quarterback position. But again, Brady owned by 71%. Case Keenum, 37%. Tom, let's talk about the running backs. Top two are out. Lev Bell was owned by 95% of our teams. I understand why. He had a good game, put up a 40-burger, like you said. Alvin Kamara was owned by 74%. Remember, the first week he was only owned by 47%, so people were really loading up on him. But here's the guy. Here's the guy who could carry you to the title in our contest, Leonard Fournette, owned by 66%. In the first week, he was owned by 60%. So very few people added him in round two. Yeah, I mean, in our three-team contest, who's got Leonard Fournette, by the way? That's you. Yeah! All right, here's the problem, though. You had you got Roethlisberger, too. Well, that wasn't... Yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy those points for a bit. Um, no, I think the problem here with the Jaguars is you got to have three Jaguars. So you got Fournette, you got the Jag- Jacksonville defense, you got one entry, let's say. Where the hell do you go for the third Jaguar this week? I mean, let's say you lost Roethlisberger. You're not going... Bortles over Brady. Hope you lost, hopefully he, you lost your kicker, and you can use the Jacksonville kicker. That's, that's ja- yeah, ideally. Lambeau, Lambeau's probably the, the option here. I yep. mean, but it's going to get tricky. Trust me, I'm looking at lineups right now. I've got to replace two running backs, a receiver, two receivers, and a quarterback. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's the tough one. Is The Jaguars going on really hurts you from a postseason contest perspective because the Steelers, there are all sorts of options you could have gone to there. But you're really down to two in Jacksonville, and that third one, that's a reach, man. It's a big reach. But as far as the running back position, yeah, now all of a sudden, you got Jay Ajayi in the mix. You know, you got Jarek McKinnon, Latavius Murray. The problem is all three of those guys have tough matchups this week, but, you know, someone out of that group is going to have two times in the Super Bowl. So, you're going to want to get the right one if you can. So it's it's going to be very interesting now with no Bell, no Camara, yeah. obviously no Gurley or Freeman. All those guys are gone. It's it's uh, Fournette big time for sure. It's Deion Lewis. Maybe you try to throw a little James White in there, but it's going to get interesting at running back. So, Derek, let's talk about running backs. Deion Lewis is owned by 47%. The first week, only 10% of people owned him. So a lot of people have him now at two times. James White owned by less than 1% of our 1,400 plus owners. And Latavius Murray was owned by 16%. So, again, there's people who have these guys, and they're going to start to earn through two times, three times if they get to the Super Bowl. Pretty interesting right there. T.J. Yeldon isn't even owned by anybody at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, 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 he's, he's viable now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Maybe there's maybe there's that third Jaguar again. The, this is going to be one. This is going to be one. Obviously, in the Super Bowl, you're going to have every team's going to have at least you know two, four times multipliers. So it's the guys that you have there and the guys that you can sprinkle in around them now with all, a lot of these big guns going out. So again, this thing is wide open. It's going to go down right to the end of the Super Bowl for sure. Absolutely. So the wide receivers will just go quickly here. Top three guys are out. Julio Jones owned 82% of all teams. Antonio Brown owned by 36%. And again, he only was owned by 8% the first week. So people started adding him. Michael Thomas owned 24% of all rosters. Gone, gone, gone. Delaney Walker owned 21%. Gone. The next guy on the list was Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Had the big play. Had the big play. And he outscored Thielen. That's for sure. Yep. So he was the right play there, right? Yep. All right, so that's interesting there. Danny Amendola, not even 1%. So, again, a lot of people can uh, pick up guys this week. All right, kickers, like you said, Ryan, suck up 29% of all rosters. Jake Elliott, almost 20% of all rosters. Kai Forbath, just 10%. And on the defensive side, we got Jacksonville, almost 40% of all teams own Jacksonville's defense. 20% of all teams own Philadelphia defense, and 11% own Minnesota. Now, the reason so many people own Philadelphia defense is because nobody expected them to win. They should have won, right, Tom? They should have won. Uh, I mean, Atlanta should have won that game, don't you think? Yeah, I, I picked the Eagles because you needed to pick an Eagle the first week, and I didn't like anybody. So, yeah, I picked their defense. So, yeah, they should have lost that game. The Falcons should have won it, but that's been their problem all year, shitty play calling. Yeah, play calling. You get down, in the two, down to the two-yard line. You do not roll out your quarterback, no. especially when it's a mobile or a non-mobile quarterback like Matt Ryan. Why do you take half the field away from your quarterback? It makes no sense. Because coaches well, are they, coaches they, are really side, bad they, in playoffs. Yesterday there was this weekend was some of the worst coaching and play calling I've seen. It, it it's contagious across the league. It's I, I find it mind-boggling on some of the calls that these guys are doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the opposite side of that field was their fullback, who they fucking weren't going to throw the ball to. So yeah. you didn't even have to defend that side of the field. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the best part was after, immediately after the play, all the former NFL quarterbacks who hit on Twitter are like, what the fuck? Yeah. Started with Kurt Warner, and, and just all these guys are like, what are you doing? You're just killing Ryan here. And basically, Matt Ryan had stood there and realized, I've got to throw a touchdown pass, and nobody is open. I don't yeah. know, what the hell do you do? I mean, he was fucked. He's throwing up to Julio, who almost made the catch. Went he would have landed out of bounds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. no, it was not a good play at all. I almost wonder if Sarkeesian does not come back for a second year. I mean, this was all year long where they struggled on offense. Yep, Matt, I saw, I saw a stat yesterday after that game. Somebody had it on Twitter. Matt Ryan completed one of 18 passes to Julio Jones inside the tenure, or inside the red zone this year. That's inexcusable. Yep. That is inexcusable. That guy can go up and get any ball. It's unreal how they use him in the red zone, and uh, just unreal. And speaking of great, I mean, Antonio Brown yesterday, gimping around and stuff was fantastic. I know some people are saying he's the greatest of all time. There's no way you can go there when you've seen Jerry Rice play in his prime. But, uh, Tom, that guy is phenomenal. If he's not a top-four pick in all NFFC drafts next year, I don't know what you're thinking about because he is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand, the, and I know Derek's all in on Derek, DeAndre Hopkins next year with Deshaun Watson, and I get it. I mean, he, they were fantastic together, but you're talking about a guy who's number one wide receiver for like four years in a row. He's just a stud. Roethlisberger said yesterday he's coming back, so you don't got to worry about any of that. 
Yeah, I, to me, he is the fourth pick. I want, I'll want. i go with those top three running yeah. backs, Gurley, Bell, Johnson. Then it's Antonio Brown. And if I'm picking later than that and he's on the board, it's a fucking gift. Yeah, definitely. I'll take him at four and two. All right, Derek, let's talk about the spreads here. We'll talk more during the week about the upcoming games. But early lines show minus nine for New England. That's an awful lot of points to be given to this uh, Jacksonville defense. And then the Vikings are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Road dog again. I mean, uh, home dog. you know, Philadelphia is the underdog, I should say, uh, at home. Home dog again. You're right. So what do you think of those two? If you're in Vegas again this weekend, uh, which way would you be going? <laughs> I'm uh, honest to God, I'm so exhilarated right now, and I, uh, I'm, uh, my emotions are up and down. I mean, first look, Patriots minus nine. It's hard to, again, we hammered the Patriots big time on the minus 13 and yep. a half when we got it, so it would be hard for me not to go back to the well, uh, even at nine. I, it opened at 10, and it went down to nine, so, uh, boy, to me, Brady at home, they, they just adapt so well to everything. And I Again, I know Jacksonville just scored 45 points. I don't know how the hell that actually happened. Uh, I know they got one defensive touchdown. I just can't see them putting up enough points to stay with uh, stay with New England. We've the last three or four games the Jacksonville defense has been lit up. I mean it's not I mean we know we thought they were great all year long, but Jimmy Garoppolo dropped forty four points on him. And Pittsburgh dropped forty two on him yesterday. Brady, I expect Brady to do the exact same thing to be honest with you. So I unless Jacksonville finds a way to score a ton there at as of Monday, I'd probably lay take the point or you know, lay the points and go with the Patriots. Yeah, I'd probably go lay the points on both of them. I think Minnesota's got a chance to go into Philadelphia and, and do some damage as well. Tom, what are you leading for this week? You were against Minnesota all last week. You ripped Derek every single podcast. Thirteen times Even, uh, thirteen times last week recorded. Saying that he said the Saints are gonna win, so that's really sad that you have to count that, but I, yeah. No, I'm I'm on the bandwagon, baby. I'm I don't know if I don't know if we want I'm you, man. Baby. Huh? It doesn't it's too bad. I can't pick Nick Foles, so I'm I'm I picking agreed. the Vikings. If I was betting, though, I, I would not bet. I like the Patriots to win, but nine points against that deep. I'm sorry. You fooled me last week, yesterday with Pittsburgh. I'm not doing it again. That defense is too good. I think they keep the game close. I do think the Patriots win it. But if I was betting, I would take the Jaguars and the points. They've kicked you off the Minnesota Vikings bandwagon. Yeah, driving a car behind it. Yeah, they kicked you off the bandwagon. I can't believe you jumped on their bandwagon. What kind of Packer fan are you? But uh, I, I, I got to root for somebody in the Super Bowl. I can't. If I will root for the Patriots if they get there against the Vikings. But I, if it's the Jaguars, I'll root for the Vikings. Yeah, my daughter said not the Patriots again. Oh, anybody but the Patriots. So, but I don't think she'll vote right. Uh, vote, root for the Vikings either, but we'll see. So, all right, uh, Tom. Baseball news: We have uh, a trade today. You said right? Yeah, Andrew McCutcheon uh, traded to the Giants today. No word yet on what Pittsburgh got back in return, but uh, yeah, I mean that's been rumored for a while. McCutcheon being traded, and here we go. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they end up getting back. Uh, in return, but uh, Andrew McCutcheon, the Pirates clearly moving in a different direction. One of the stalwarts of that uh, team for many, many years is gone. It's called raising the white flag, right? Derek Garrett Cole gets traded to Houston. Yes, they got some prospects back, and who knows, maybe that's a trade that'll work for them. I'm not sure what the Giants have for prospects. They've got a very thin minor league system, so I'm not sure what they got back at this point, but uh, 
I'm telling you, they're wa- they're waving the right flag in uh, Pittsburgh, aren't they, Derek? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like you said, they got prospects. You know, they got some some young pitching in Tayon and Tyler Glass now. If if he ever figures things out, but uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, they, they they just weren't ready to compete in that division even with McCutcheon. Um, so I don't I don't know what McCutcheon's contract had left on him. Maybe two three years. He's obviously gets he's one of the higher paid players in the league, obviously. So uh, maybe it's a little bit of a salary dump too for for the Pirates, and they're just kind of clearing the books and and ready to move on. But a nice fit for the Giants. I mean, McCutcheon, I don't think he. I don't know that you necessarily still consider him a, a top echelon all-star. Um, he may have an all-star game left in him or something like that, but I don't think it's a bad pick for the Giants. Giants have needed outfield help for a long time, so I, I believe McCutcheon is a Northern California boy to start with. Uh, I, know, I know he grew up in California somewhere, so um, kind of a homecoming for him. It'll be interesting to see. I think he fits in nice with the Giants. Yeah, it doesn't help him on fantasy, that's for sure. Going to that ballpark, that is not a good park for him. So we'll see what happens. But uh, we'll talk more baseball. Just so you know, the FSTA draft has concluded through eight rounds. No more slow draft picks. So we're through eight rounds in a week from today, next Monday in Los Angeles. You can hear it on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time next Monday. We're going to try to get through all remaining 21 rounds in two hours. I don't know how we're going to be able to do that. I wish we would have gone a little bit more on the slow draft portion, but we're going to try to finish it up next week in Los Angeles. Me, I'm going to try to drink a lot of Coronas, so I may not make my picks too quickly, but uh, I like our team. Derek, do you like our team? Absolutely. I think we've actually had some... uh some uh, tweets out that people really do like our team. So I've seen a couple of people on Twitter saying they, they were teasing you. The other day wasn't List teasing you. It's the best team he's ever seen you draft. <laughs> yeah, and as I told him, we just won the FSTA football, so give me a break. That was the best team we drafted. But uh, we, now we like it. Uh, we, we took Luis Castillo with our eighth-round pick. I don't think we were able to announce that before our last podcast. But uh, So we've got Castillo, and uh, we got Nabel as our closer. So... Uh, we got Robbie Reyes or other starting pitchers. So we got three out of our first eight picks are pitchers. Tom, we're not doing pitchers for at least ten more rounds, okay? All right, okay. Come on, get excited about this. I, okay, I, I, I like I like the team. I'm I am concerned about our starting pitching, but I like the team. I like Robbie Ray a lot. I, I like the fact. I, I guess my feeling is if we're going to bag starting pitching, let's just go all in on offense and dominate all those categories. I'm I'm fine with that anyway. We're not bagging. Feels like we're bagging it. We just know. I mean, Luis Castillo, Derek, you're right. This is a guy who get 200 strikeouts. He's a guy in the eighth round in a 14-team draft. That's pretty good value. Now, he may walk too many. We'll see. But this is a guy with upside. That's what we're drafting with this team. All kinds of upside, too. Yeah, I think that's kind of the decision we made uh, after we went Harper and Springer. Let's say, you know, we went... Uh uh, Bregman and Buxton, and you know, so it's like yeah. youth movement. Let's go. We'll see. The, the the thing with Castillo is how many innings is he gonna pitch? I think he only had 89 innings last year. So let's see. I mean, if he gets up towards 160, 170 innings, those strikeouts are gonna go through the roof, and he'll be he'll be just fine as number two. Now we'll have to add you know some more depth along the way, and we'll do that. Uh, you know, it's 14 teams, 29 rounds, so it's a little bit more you know a little bit shallower than our normal 15 team league so that that you know that opens up a spot or two uh on the free agency so we'll we'll manage i like the team there's a lot of there's a lot of promise here going forward absolutely so all right so we'll talk a little more baseball tomorrow we'll talk about the nfl playoffs tomorrow as well so come on back tomorrow we'll be back here we got good things going on in the nfbc drafts filling up all weekend long it was crazy we got a lot of draft champions fifty dollars one fifty dollars thousand dollars we said Cut line, 
uh, four-hour drafts that are going through the roof as well. I think we've had six of those, which is early for January, to be uh, selling those out. So a lot of good, good going on. Check us out at playnfbc.com. That's playnfbc.com. And good luck to everybody in round three of the NFFC postseason contest. Remember, $100,000 grand prize in that one. So all is good. Let's keep it going. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Vikings, let's win this game. Go Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown. Rock up, suck up, fight, 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 fight. Go Vikings.